Well, we are here, and I want to thank everybody. Joining us today, New Hope Radio. Also, the Hope Club Podcast. Great to be with you today. So important, we study the Word of God together. We do it on a daily basis, regular basis, right here. And it's so important. Get the Word of God. Come alive in the Scriptures. That's what we like to do here on New Hope Radio. You know, we hear a lot of preaching today about the wonderful things that God wants to do for His people. And He he does. He made a lot of promises. I go to prepare a place for you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Come to me and I'll give you rest. All those are beautiful promises. You know why? Because they're true. But unfortunately, there's an unbalance to what Jesus taught. And uh, a lot of preaching going on today that gives that side, but it doesn't give the other side. We're in a series entitled Promises Jesus Made. Today we're going to see a promise that's not very commonly spoken of. And here's the promise. You will have tribulation. Wow. (laughs) That's a promise. Thanks, Jesus. That's a good one. You will have tribulation. Well, don't worry. Because this promise has a good ending. Oh, yeah. It's got a positive ending. Now, what is tribulation? The Latin word means to oppress or to afflict. It's from the word tribulum, which is a threshing machine. Think about that. Think of a threshing machine. You know, it crushes the grain. That's tribulum. It speaks for us about hardship, distress, uh, heartaches, trials, something heavy. We call it a bitter cup or a bitter pill to swallow. That's tribulation. And the good news is Jesus promises to his followers. (laughs) Good news, right? Yeah, well, hey, if Jesus said it right, it's got to be good. Now, it's going to end up good, believe me. Stay with me, okay? All right, we're going to be in John 16, where Jesus is informing his disciples that he's going to be leaving them soon. And he said in verse 28, I came forth from the Father, and I've come into the world, and I'm leaving the world again and going to the Father. Now, you know what I like about Jesus? He knows who he is. Oh, yeah. He knows who he is. He knows where he's from. He knows what he came to do. And he knows where he's going. That's the good. I like that. We should be like that, too. Know who we are. We know what we came to do. We know where we're going. So, Jesus is going to tell his disciples that, and and by the way, what he's going to tell them is very literal because history has proven it's true for every generation. That what he's going to say to them is true about us today too. And he said in verse 32, Behold, an hour is coming, and has already come, 
for you to be scattered, each to his own home, and to leave me alone. And we know that they did run from the cross when Jesus was crucified. They ran from the garden. They ran from the cross. And yet Jesus, you know, he's quite remarkable here. He knew that in spite of their belief, and they were believers, they followed him for three years, that the hour was coming when they would desert him. He knew they'd let him down when he needed them the most. But he still loved them. Wow, what a lesson. He knew they would let him down when he needed him, but he still loved them. Even more so, he still trusted them. I'm like, what? Jesus, what? How can you do that? He trusted them. Because he knew men at their worst, and yet he still loved them and still trusted them. And he entrusted them with the Great Commission to bring the gospel around the world. You know what? They did pretty good, didn't they? Here we are 2,000 years later, man. We're still talking about it. So it's possible for a person to forgive someone, and this is in our realm, but yet it's difficult to trust them any longer. Do you ever do that? Like, I forgive you, but I don't trust you. But with Jesus, forgiveness and trust were combined. He forgave them, and he trusted them. And those disciples, you know what? They went on to become more than conquerors. Oh, yeah, that day of Pentecost, everything changed. Everything changed. They became conquerors for Christ. See, Jesus wasn't thinking of how their sins would hurt him. Rather, it was how their sins would hurt them. So, whether you realize it or not, and probably don't, sin hurts the one that's committing the sin more. We hurt ourselves. We sin against our own soul when we live in sin. So when Jesus said, you're going to desert me, it hurt them more than it hurt him. I'm sure they had terrible feelings of guilt and remorse when they deserted him. And Jesus said, but you know what? I'm not alone because the Father is with me. Even though the disciples deserted Jesus, get this now, he still said he wasn't alone because he was with the Father. You know, sometimes as God's people, we might feel alone. Remember this. You're never alone. God is always with you. God is there. Jesus said, I'm not alone. My Father's with me. The only time he ever was alone in his existence is for those few hours on the cross when his Father turned his back. And Jesus said, Father, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? That's the only time. So Jesus always had the presence of the Father in his life. Now, here comes the promise, verse 33. Here's what he said. These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. So he's giving them a good foundation. Before he talks about the trouble in the world, he's going to give them a good foundation. Okay? So he's saying you can have peace. Because I still love you and I forgive you and I trust in you for your future. That is a guilt preventer. You know, he prevented them from going on the rest of their lives in guilt. That's the gospel. The gospel prevents us from going on the rest of our lives in guilt. See, love does that. Love prevents guilt. 
When you guilt someone, you put a weight on them that Jesus has already removed. And when you love someone, you don't even think about putting that weight on them. So Jesus says, listen, in me, you're going to have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. Now, the Greek word for tribulation is the word thlipsis. Hard to say. Thlip, sis. <laughs> it's like a lip with a th on the beginning and a sis at the end. Thlipsis. The Greek word means the same as the Latin and the same as the English. Affliction, anguish, pressure, persecution. Do you think Jesus knew the second law of spiritual thermodynamics? I'd say so. And you know what that is? The greater the heat, the greater the expansion. In other words, when you add heat to something, it grows. It expands. You know, the early church, under tribulation, under persecution, it grew. Oh, those Romans, they tried to stamp out the church. Forget about it. It grew. The more they persecuted the Christians, the more the gospel spread. Now, question. How do you deal with the heat? Ugh, when the heat comes, how do you deal with it? Do you grow? Remember, the greater the heat, the greater the expansion. When life turns up the burner a little bit, that's when we want to grow. And that's why this promise is important. It's important to know because you can be misled into thinking the Christian life is a life of ease and blessing. Now, granted, it does have its ease and it does have its blessing, but it also brings with it tribulation. Why is there tribulation against God's people? We're going to see why. By the way, I want to remind you, we are on a YouTube channel and um, I monitor the YouTube channel and that's where I read the chat. So if you're on Facebook and you're chatting, I'm not looking at that. So come on over to YouTube. And how do you get over to YouTube? Very easy. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click media. Click New Hope Radio. And then click the microphone. And we'll be there. Same sound, same look. But that's where the chat is that I'm looking at. So we can share comments. Okay? All right. Now, why is it that there's so much tribulation against the people of God. Did you ever notice that? That there's, there's a lot of tribulation in the world, but there's more against the people of God. I'm going to share a few scriptures with you. Number one, these are good to write down. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4. The God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving. <laughs> Why? So that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. So people are blinded to the good news. They're blinded to the fact that they can be saved, forgiven, that they can have eternal life with God. They're blinded to the fact that in Christ is peace. That there's peace in Jesus. 
They're blinded to that. I'm like, no way. Yeah, Satan has done that. Secondly, John chapter 8, verse 42. You know, Jesus said to the religious leaders of his day, I wonder if he could say that to some today. Probably. He said, if God were your father, you would love me. Man, stop right there. If God were your father. Here's evidence that God is not your father. You don't love me. You hate me and you want me dead. Boy, how far are they from God the Father, huh? If somebody wants the Lord Jesus dead, they're far from God. People that reject Christ, far from God. People that blaspheme him, blaspheme him and mock him, far from God. He said, oh, if God were your father, you would love me. And this is why. Because I proceed forth from the Father. I've come from him. He sent me here. I'm his emissary, his ambassador. I'm on a mission for him. He says, I've come from God. I haven't come on my own initiative. I am here because God sent me. Let's remember that. God so loved the world that what? He gave. You could say he sent his son. He gave his son. Gave him to us as a gift. That whoever believes in him will never perish, but have everlasting life. And then Jesus said, you are of your father. Who's our father, Jesus? The devil. The dirty devil. He was a murderer from the beginning. Wow. He was behind the first murder. Abel, come here. What are you doing? Oh, I'm just hanging out. Come on over here, Abel. Cain did. Cain did his brother in. Where'd that come from? Came from the devil himself. He's a murderer. He's the father of lies. So you can see why it's so difficult in the world for a Christian. You've got Satan who blinds people from coming to Christ. Right? That's why many people don't come. He runs the world. He's the God of this world, and he's still in charge. Don't think, oh, you know, the devil has no power. He's got power. He's got no power over the Christian, but he's got power over the world. And thirdly, in Romans 8, verse 7, Paul said, this is why Christians have so much trouble in the world, why we have tribulation. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile Toward God. Hostile toward God. A fleshly mind hates God. Think about that. Oh, we got some folks that came over from Facebook. Okay. Doreen said it's difficult most times to see good when we're in the midst of tribulation. But Jesus is there with us. It's true. You know, it's so true. When we're in the middle of it, we don't see it. We don't see it. A lot of things we see when we come out of them. A lot of things we don't see when we're in the midst of them. But at least we see them when we come out, and that's good. So thank you, Doreen, for that. So the mindset on the flesh, right? It's hostile toward God. It does not subject itself to the law of God. It is not even 
able to do so. It can't. It's like a natural enemy of God. It's like the lion is the natural enemy of the gazelle. Right? They're not going to get along until the, until the millennial reign. Lions have to eat, and they eat gazelles. Right? And they feed them to their young. Gazelles have to eat, and they eat grass. So the meat eaters eat the grass eaters. They're enemies. Well, the fleshly mind is an enemy of the spiritual mind. They're never going to get along. And they're not able to. It can't. The fleshly mind cannot understand the things of God. doesn't have the ability. And then the last thing Paul mentioned in Galatians 5.19. He talks about the deeds of the flesh that come from a natural mind. And these are the deeds that make trouble in the world for people, even Christians. He said, now the deeds of the flesh are evident. In other words, it's not a secret. And here they are. When you see these things in action, this is the flesh. Immorality. Impurity. Sensuality. Idolatry. Sorcery. Enmities. That means fighting. Strife. Jealousy. Outbursts of anger. Disputes. Dissensions. Factions, that's divisions. This week in the Hope Club, we're talking about quarreling. Every day we have a little devotional on quarreling and why it's not a good practice. Are you in the Hope Club? Join the Hope Club. You'll get a devotional every day, Monday through Friday. We like them. Go to the website, newhopecc.tv. Click on giving. Go down to Radio Fund. Commit $3 a week. Put in your email. Put you in the Hope Club. You'll get a nice devotional Monday through Friday. This week we're talking about quarreling right here. See, we're talking about that today. He said, oh, here's some more deeds of the flesh. Envying, drunkenness, carousing. I haven't done that in a long time. <laughs> Thankfully, I used to carouse before salvation. Now I don't. Plus, I'm too old to carouse. <laughs> now I go to bed at the time I used to go out. <laughs> Things like these which I forewarn you, just as, just as I have forewarned you. Here it comes. Those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. There it is, man. You're going to be on the outside looking in. If these are the things that make up your lifestyle, you ain't getting in. Why? Because you're living in the flesh. People that are given over to their sinful nature and hostile to God and to God's people. They don't even realize where they are. That's why it's like, how great is that darkness when you think that it's light? So this is what makes life very difficult for the Christian that wants to follow Jesus. You're like, man, I want to do the right thing. I want to enjoy, enjoy a healthy, abundant life. I want to follow Christ. But all these other people in the mind of the flesh and the deeds of the flesh, man, they make it difficult. Then, not only that, you know what else adds to tribulations in our life? Our own personal tribulations. When we're tempted to be dishonest in a lying world. See, the world is full of liars, and we're tempted to be dishonest too. We're tempted to be immoral, 
in a lustful world. The world is very lustful, and we're tempted to follow suit, be immoral, live for self. We're tempted to be intoxicated in a drunken world. You know, everybody's looking for relief, so what do they do? They go to alcohol instead of going to Christ. Didn't Jesus say, in me you'll have peace? You'll have peace in me. That's the place to get it. We're tempted to be worldly in a materialistic world. Right? Everybody else is worldly. And we're tempted to be like that. Bill found it. Okay, Bill. Janine said, keep our minds on things above. Not original with Janine. I know she heard it before. Probably from the Apostle Paul. Doreen's back with we need to put on the full armor of God. Amen. That'll be a good radio message coming up. We'll go through every piece, the full armor of God. And maybe here's the worst one. This is really bad. That we are tempted to be passive or even carnal in a hostile world. A world that's hostile to God. We're tempted to be passive. To not make waves or carnal, just fit in. You know, I don't want to make any trouble. Now the good news. Jesus said, take courage. Take courage. You feel outnumbered in this world. You feel alone in this world. Take courage. The Bible in basic English has it, take heart. The contemporary English version says, cheer up. King James says, be of good cheer. It means to be encouraged. And then Jesus says, this is why you can be encouraged, or this is why you can be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. That means he's conquered the world. He's prevailed. He's got the victory. When it looked like Jesus was dying, he was really winning. How about that? He looked like he was dying, but he was winning. Matter of fact, you know what Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.19? That Jesus went and made proclamation to the spirits in prison. When he was, after he died, he went to Hades. He didn't go to hell, he went to Hades. And he told the angels that sinned in the days of Noah, you guys lost. It didn't work. Your plan didn't work. I am victorious. I am the conqueror. And now he tells us the same thing. And you know what else he said? When you're in me, you're more than conquerors too. You're more than conquerors. So listen, tribulation's not the last word. It's not, tribulation doesn't have the last say. Tribulation is just another rung on the ladder. And you got to keep moving. You got to keep going up. Got to keep going up the ladder. And if tribulations are wrong, you just step on it and keep on moving. That's what we do. We keep on moving. You never stop. And you never let tribulation stop you. Yeah, Doreen, there's victories in Jesus. Isn't that a song we used to sing? There's victory in Jesus. That's the, Some of those old songs, you know, they have great lyrics. Some of the songs we sing today, I'm like, why do we even sing them? That's so stupid. 
Some of them. They don't make any sense to me. I don't know. They don't glorify God. I don't know why we sing them. There's victory in Jesus, man. That's the story right there. That's the story. So, yeah. Okay. Oh, by the way, I've got this little booklet. Every every message in this series has a little booklet. I'm going to put this up there for you. You can see it if you're watching online. The Promise of Tribulations. And once again, I'm going to mail this booklet out to you. If you want it, it's all a little thing. But the point is to give them to other people. Like a non-Christian will read this booklet in like 90 seconds. And that's the idea. They're not going to read a 30-page, 40-page book. But they'll read this. So if you want it, email us. nhcc.church at gmail.com. That's it. nhcc, like No Hope Christian Church, dot church at gmail.com. I'll send you out this little book. And you're going to have a whole collection of all the promises. I think I've got about nine. You know, a whole little set of nine little booklets right here. And um, they're good little booklets. Give them away. I know people that give them away. And uh, you never know. It could lead someone to Christ by just giving them that little tiny booklet. So, as Jesus said in verse 33, John 16, These things I've spoken to you so that in me you may have peace in the world. You'll have tribulation. Oh, but take courage. I have overcome the world. There it is. Take courage. I have overcome the world. See, Jesus gets the victory, and guess what? When you're in Christ, you share that victory. Ah, you get the victory too. Everything Jesus has, we have. So we have the very same victory that he does. That's incredible. That's an awesome thing to know. So what do we do? We don't live in defeat. We live in victory. That's what we do. Don't live in defeat. Live in victory. It's a choice. Where do you want to live? I want to live in victory. That's where I want to live. I want to live in victory in Christ. As I'm watching music, we're marching on to victory. Hey, thank you for coming along today. Don't forget about the Hope Club podcast. You can catch all our messages on the Hope Club podcast and go to our website, newhopecc.tv. Scroll down, Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, you name it, Apple, whatever. They're all there. So thank you for coming along today. I'll see you next time for more of New Hope Radio.